It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I'm like too mad online to do the intro. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I actually Mm -hmm. think that's going to be the intro. Okay. Welcome back to Locked on Red Sox on the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Gabrielle, founder of Girl at the Game. And as I said about 10 seconds ago in the intro that has never been the intro to the show before, but honestly could be the intro for this show, that was a mouthful. I am mad about baseball. (laughs) And joining me to talk about how we are mad about baseball is my dear friend and fellow Locked on host, Javi of Locked on Padres. Javi, are you mad? I know, yeah, I know yeah. you're mad. I'm you're pretty laughing, mad online, Gabriel. Like it's like an angry, you're doing like that, I'm so annoyed that I'm laughing thing, which happens yeah. to me quite a bit with baseball. Yeah, it's, um. look, everything was going swimmingly. You know, the Padres, they're, they're making me sad, and then they make me happy for a little bit. And then it's funny because both teams made me upset yesterday, you know, because of the comments by the managers. I mean, it's just like... I don't know, man. I don't know. This is, uh, it's almost exciting, weirdly, to get like amped up about something, I think, in its own twisted yes, way. Yes, the rush, the rush of feeling something yeah. other than impending doom about coronavirus. It's, it's a nice yeah, feeling. Yeah, exactly. In a weird, exactly. twisted way. Let's just like dive into this. Um, I woke up this morning and my entire timeline was people being mad about Fernando Tatis Jr., which like, I would just like to point out, if you are mad at the existence of Fernando Tatis Jr., like, just get the hell out of baseball. I don't know what your problem is. He is <laughs> so fun to watch. He's young. He has a bright future. He's incredibly talented. He's a baseball legacy, as his last name suggests. Also, like, what they were mad about, I didn't, I couldn't believe what I was seeing at first. I was like, wait, they're mad at him for hitting a grand slam? What kind of backwards, upside down world are we living in when you are mad at a guy for hitting a grand slam? I also (sighs) would just like to point out that one of the people who is upset with him is his own manager. His own manager is mad at him for hitting a grand slam. And as a Red Sox fan and Red Sox host of this podcast, this is just very frustrating for me because, oh my God, I would love it if one of my favorite players hit a grand slam or even drove in a run, not stranding runners on base or just not striking out every single time they breathe. So for me, I'm just like, wait, seriously, we are mad about 
grand slams right now. Like if, if a Red Sox player even hit a home run, Ron Renneke would probably cry tears of joy. Mm-hmm. So just like, <laughs> Oh my God, shut up. The poor Red Sox. <laughs> um, so look, man, let, let me, cause I have a lot of takes that I'm ready to espouse on the podcast right now. But can I start off by saying my first reaction actually to what happened last night? Yeah. Cause I just okay. said mine. My first reaction yeah. was that I was just like, wait, and we're upset about good things now. Like we can't <laughs> yeah, even be mad about eating <laughs> Astros and performance enhancing drugs and wife beaters. We're mad about <laughs> positive. Th- like we're mad about like one of the most incredible, impressive things you can do in the game of baseball. We're mad at grand slams. Cool. Right. That's where we're at right now. Exactly. Go. That's where we're at. And it's just, all right. So first of all, I've mentioned on the pod that I'm very anti any pitcher ever that starts imposing unwritten rules or whatever. I got mad at Madison Bumgarner the other day because not mad at him, but I was just happy that the Padres, you know, lit his butt up. Uh, it was really entertaining to watch. I was like, great. This is awesome. Please, you know, he's getting, he's, he's mean mugging Will Myers, who, by the way, isn't very good, but is having a great season because he hit a home run and like stared at it for a little bit. I'm like, that's a gumber. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, so Mad it's dumb. funny because Literally. the original thing that happened, right, is they throw behind Manny Machado the pitch afterwards, right? I didn't see that. Why didn't I see it? Because I'm doing what any regular human being does, which is being very excited about Tatis. I'm watching with my mom, actually. Uh, who's I'm trying to now um, get into the Padres as well. And I'm just like, we're watching the game. He hits the grand slam. I'm like, he's a bleeping animal. Like I'm just running around the house basically. So I miss the, 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 when they throw behind him and all I see is guys are like gathering around the, the umpires are gathering with the pitcher. And I'm like, oh, I, w- I wonder what happened. Like, did he get hurt? Did he bark or something? Like that? I don't know. I guess it just didn't register to me to like find out what happened. And then, so instead of just talking with my Bob and ignore what happened. And then, I made the – I don't even know if it's a mistake, but I made the decision to log on, Gabrielle, as you know. <laughs> I Honestly, logged on to Twitter.com. It's always it, – like at this point, it's kind of always a mistake. Just like yeah. blanket statement. <laughs> I tell this to friends of mine who like deal with online harassment like I have, and I'm like, you know what? Honestly, just don't. Just like preemptive measure. Just don't even log on. Like ignorance is bliss. Absolutely. And it's just like – and, and then I see, I think I see it like middle of the night, like they threw at Machado or whatever. And then I'm waking up and then it's, it's even worse. I'm seeing, cause you know, unlike my usual self, I actually decided to go to bed and get some rest yesterday. Okay. <laughs> it looks like I chose the wrong day to, to get some rest. Yeah. And I wake up to this and like you were mentioning, mentioning with Jace Tingler, I don't know who I'm more upset with between the two managers. Obviously, Rudrick, oh, no, like, it's definitely whatever. Jay Singler. It's yeah, a, it's just, you hung out your own superstar young player to dry. Why? Like, yeah, for helping you win a game, improving your managerial record, making you look good. What on earth could you possibly have to be mad about? It's like Godfather when he's like, "You never go <laughs> against the family, Fredo." Like that's literally what this is. It was very. Disturbing. And there's been a couple things. I know some people were getting on Hosmer yesterday. I don't really think he was that video that they've shown. I don't know for sure if he was talking to Tatis. I can't really tell. Um, so I don't want to like rip on the guy yet until I have more of a, a clear view if his teammates are ripping on him. I don't think they were, but the bottom line is the way I saw Jason Tingler and there's been some controversy with him just in terms of baseball, like some decisions he's made, putting certain guys in at certain times with the bullpen, especially how it's been struggling, which I'll get into in just a second, by the way. Uh, like, okay, I'm, I'm one of those people who don't get mad at coaches or managers in sports unless it's like they're really actively awful. 
other times I'm just like, all right, like the guy's still got to play, right? This is without a doubt the most upset I've been with Jace Tingler. This guy, like you said, um, Tatis, I mean, he's basically, I would say, I don't even think this is like a controversial statement anymore. Tatis is probably the most exciting player in baseball right now. And for you to just kind of be like, oh, well, you know, I told him not to, or I, you know, you don't, you don't do that necessarily. Or that's basically what he implied that it's a learning lesson, right? Was the quote. And I saw someone point out, uh, Jeff Snyder actually of Lockdown Dodgers. He pointed out where he's like, I have no problem if Tingler's upset that Tatis ignored that Tingler wanted him to take the pitch. I can understand that because that could cause some problems down the road with strategy and stuff like that. But then my response to that is also like, well, then say that. You know what he should do? He should do, you remember Steve Kerr when Steph Curry pulled up from like 86 feet and made a three pointer one time and it clearly wasn't what Steve Kerr wanted. But then he looked back and it was like, I mean, shucks, like he made it. So I, I guess he gets away with it for now. That's kind of what Jace Tigler, how he should have approached it. If baseball operated like every other popular sport in the world, which is, yeah, the guy that listed, maybe we have a discussion about this, but we have it behind the scenes and we say, Hey, you still, you know, I am the, I'm the manager here. And when I say we take a pitch, we take a pitch, but no, well, you're doing the whole thing on. Oh, you know, it's a 3-0 pit. You just don't do that, man. It's like, no, who cares? They th- And not to mention, you didn't even stick up for Machado either. Machado's actually become kind of a little bit of an afterthought, right? Like, he's the one who actually got thrown at. So it's just this whole situation is, and I've said this for a while, it's just this coded form of, honestly, that I view it a lot of times with unwritten rules, a coded form of kind of racism where it's like, you have to play the game a certain way and play how we grew up, right? It's like, well, not everyone grew up the way you did. So if people aren't going to be humble pie all the time, that's not your decision to start deciding how people should play baseball. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, it would have been one thing if Tatis had popped out or, you know, mm-hmm. ground into mm-hmm. a double play or something. Right. And I, it was three count. I don't know how many outs there were because I wasn't watching like a Padres Rangers game. I mean, like, I just <laughs> sorry. I adore you but I'm just like kind of burnt out <laughs> watching my own team smack itself in the face every single night um but it would have been one thing if Tatis had ground into a double play to like end the inning or popped out to end the inning or something and then he got right but he hit a grand slam mm-hmm. so for me it's like yes he should have listened to his manager but it's kind of a huge, like, Debbie Downer wah, wah for him <laughs> on the heels of a 14 to 4. Wasn't that the final score? Yes, yes. 14 to 4 victory. You're airing out your own player publicly as opposed to just, just the two of you. Yeah. Or like you, privately. him, and like the hitting coach or whatever. Or just right. like in the clubhouse, be like, hey, Fernando, you know, like, it was an amazing Grand Slam. Really happy that it worked out. But. Right. As your manager, like, I really need you to kind of listen to me when I tell you to, like, take your pitch and get walked to walk in a run because, you know, I am your manager and I'm here telling you what to do for a reason. That's fine. But for him to publicly come out after a grand slam and a 10-run victory (laughs) over the opposing team and air out your player publicly, it just makes you look like a sore winner. Which is like yeah. the weirdest thing you can possibly be. It's unbelievable. I just think it's like a really weird look for him to be complaining about unwritten rules <laughs> after a victory. I understand why Chris Woodward is, you know, being a whiny baby. His team got spanked last night. Yeah. Um, you know he's going to go out and complain and blah, 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 blah. But maybe don't have your pitcher throw three straight balls to start the at bat 
and then feed one of the best hitters in baseball something he can hit with the bases loaded. Like Mm -hmm. you're mad at the wrong person here. Fernando Tatis Jr. was doing his job. His job is to hit the ball. Mm -hmm. What you said about, you know, like the racism and stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have to get like open the kind of Pandora's box right now. But (laughs) I will say, I mean, that was something that was talked about, you know, MLB honored the Negro Leagues on Sunday. And it's something that was talked about a lot when, Black players began playing in the majors and then um, Latin American players started playing in baseball, how they played the game in a less buttoned up way than white players did. They came right. from a different style of playing and mm-hmm. it was a form of racism to have like white coaches and managers complaining about these things and saying like, mm-hmm. these boys don't play the way that you're supposed to play basically saying, you know, you need to play like the white boys do. The game is better off because of creative, interesting um, playing. Those are the plays and the moments that we come back to. The Mm -hmm. ones that break the mold, the ones that are interesting, the ones that are different, stand out. Um, 100%. That whole boring, like, golly gee, Abner Doubleday, let's (laughs) go play the baseball. Like, that, like, boring old crap, like, it's tired. And that's, that's why, that's why baseball is, has a problem connecting. Mm -hmm. You see how cool NBA players are and how good the NBA is at marketing NBA players. And MLB has these amazing young faces like Tatis Jr. Mm -hmm. And like, instead of, putting them on a pedestal and showing how amazing they are, like Tatis hitting a Grand Slam. Instead of focusing on the fact that Tatis hit a Grand Slam, we're focusing on how it was against an unwritten rule and the Rangers are salty about it. And like, it's like a whole thing now. And we're focusing on completely the wrong side of this coin as usual. We are like MLB is yeah. always in its this own way This isn't the first time we've stuff. had this. Yeah. This is not no, the it's, first it's time like we've had this. It's the millionth time. And they're always like, oh, let the kids play. Let the kids play. Oh my God, let the kid play then. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, put your money where your mouth is. It's, it's, I remember, and I just uh, put this out there not to plug my Twitter or whatever, but I remember like a few years ago when Bryce Harper was, uh, I think it was after his MVP season, he did like, he had an ESPN pro pop piece where he's basically like, he called baseball a tired sport, which maybe was a little bit of a comment that would upset some people, but the gist of what he was getting at, right? And I know that people like to, Hannah Harper sometimes he was mentioning he's like kids are watching guys like Cam Newton and LeBron like celebrate and you know Cam Newton is the super cam thing right just little things like that and then they're watching baseball and it's like oh you did the Batista bat flip and that's why people are mad at you I mean the Batista like you just said with moments that we remember the the Jose Batista bat flip regardless of how you feel about him people talk about that play to this day that was an incredible game and an incredible moment and everyone was amped watching that yet baseball seems so and it's it's hilarious because baseball is not the one in first place right now they are not the first place sport breaking news to everybody when football comes back every other year it's always about football and it's always about basketball so for them to be the sport that takes this like conservative, like back in its roots type of approach and not wanting to progress and not wanting to have different voices and different personalities in the game. Instead, it likes to proliferate this idea that you have to be humble and that there's a right way to go. But yeah, I just think that you look at how baseball views these things. If I, if we had a living, breathing commissioner, that was mean, but if we had, like, if I was Rob Manfred right now, I'd be coming out and I'd be suspending the manager of the Rangers, 
heck, part of me wants to suspend the manager of the Padres at this point with Tingler, or as you called him, Tingly on Twitter the, Tingly. Um, earlier. My thing would be, you know, and I don't know if you remember uh, Acuna. I think it was Ronald Acuna of the Braves. I think it was two years ago. He was on like some hitting streak, and I forgot which team it was. It might have been Miami. Uh, don't quote me on that, though. I don't know for sure. And they hit him. Like, for, like, seemingly no reason, then he left the game because he was hurt. I've always thought that at some point, baseball is going to pay even more for this. They're already paying for it, don't get me wrong, by making their sport look like it's a, look like it's a prison cell. But they're going to have it's one like of the guys get anything, hurt for something dumb, you know? Anytime anything fun happens, they immediately ruin it instead of capitalizing on it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why do you hate yourself? I, I mean, it's, yeah. like, such a self-flagellation thing of, like – yeah. You just, it's like that song, Sucker for Pain. Like they, they just can't enjoy anything without having to ruin it. And I, I, it's so frustrating because like you see it with baseball fans too, where they're like, yeah, they're baseball fans, but they're baseball fans who are just biding their time waiting for in a normal year for football and basketball to come back. Yeah. Um, or they're like hockey fans who are bummed when hockey's over and all they have left is baseball. Baseball is now the afterthought. It used to be America's pastime. Now it's an afterthought. And one of the main reasons for that is because the things that are actually fun and exciting about baseball are the things that they don't want happening in baseball that they have to ruin. Like they beat them into the ground until we're like, oh, okay. So Grand Slams aren't good anymore. What are we doing here? What 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 are are we we even doing doing here? here? What are we doing here? That is an excellent question. <laughs> I'm in such a happy mood now, all of a sudden. <laughs> it's like a weird, yeah, we're, we're like, we're like loopy from the hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> and speaking of just misconceptions about what's right, what's wrong, just, just misconceptions in general. Gabrielle, did you know that eating healthy, it's not always like painful? I don't know if you knew that. I actually did know that, Javi, because I'm a very clean eater mm-hmm. and one of the problems that I have when I'm looking for a protein bar is that a lot of protein bars, I don't know if you knew this, but a lot of protein bars are actually not that good for you because they are mm. filled with hidden sugars, all kinds of preservatives and ingredients that they're not necessarily awful for you the way that eating, say, a Big Mac from McDonald's is, right. but they just have a lot of stuff in them that actually kind of counteract the whole idea of eating a healthy protein bar. And one of the only exceptions to that rule is Built Bar because they are, I mean, you've had them. They're the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but with none of the bad stuff of a candy bar. And look, man, when when you talk about all this this stuff, I don't know what's healthy for me. If people want to just look up both of us and what we look like, they'll be able to tell who eats more healthy, right? But uh, (laughs) like just between (laughs) the two of us. But yeah, it's, it's true. And you know, I've tried them before and they're delicious. I don't know what to say. They're chewy, covered in 100% chocolate. And the most exciting thing, Gabrielle, here's the most exciting thing. I've complimented Built Bar before. People people familiar with the podcast are familiar with the Built Bar, right? Well, here's the thing. They've got new flavors coming. And I dare you. I dare you. Even you, you healthy, you know, nerd. <laughs> I dare you to say that you don't like the sound of these flavors. You ready to hear them? They've got caramel brownie incoming cookies and cream cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake and apple almond crisp doesn't that sound delicious you have to admit just be honest just be honest it sounds great and also i mean you know i'm a sucker for a good pun so cherry barcia is right up my alley because you know i cannot resist wordplay 
<laughs> elite st- yeah you really are one of those wordplay types it's just check her out on our twitter page it's it's absurd it's like one every i don't know hour um yeah yeah, yeah. there's like at least one dad joke per day it's not great but <laughs> i mean these bars are so great because you're eating something that doesn't taste healthy. You're like tricking yourself. It's awesome. Yeah, it's total it's subterfuge. You're, you think that you're eating something delicious, like a candy. Like I feed these to my boyfriend as like a dessert <laughs> and he thinks that it's like a Eat candy them. bar, but it has like 19 grams of protein in it. They're great because they're low calorie, they're low sugar, but they've got all the protein, the high fiber. They're great for keto dieters. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just crazy. Like they've totally broken the mold with what they're doing. You literally think you're eating a candy bar, but you're actually just getting a huge percentage of your daily protein intake at the same time. Um, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's just nuts. It's, it's like totally <laughs> insane to me that these things exist. It's, it's really great. So, uh, yeah, if you're someone who eats healthy like Gabrielle or trying to eat healthy like myself, trust me, I have been doing that, believe it or not. Uh, I recommend you guys check it out, Built Bar. You could go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On to get $10 off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And I don't know if this is still uh, available, but go try it out. See if it is. You get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. So go check that out uh, if you're still uh, – if it's, you know – if they're still available, can't guarantee anything. You can't guarantee anything in life, Gabrielle. You really can't. Code. We have anger about Grand Slams today. We can't guarantee yes. anything. We can't. We we thought that Fernando Tatis doing well was a guarantee that would make everyone excited. Apparently not. So, yeah, folks, uh, remember, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off your first order. So go check that out. Javi, can I just say, like, as a Red Sox person, yeah. this whole thing just drives me nuts because mm. my team has lost Eight in a row. This is their longest losing streak since since 2012. Our pitching is a nightmare. Our hitting is surprisingly a nightmare too, which like I thought coming into this season, you know, obviously I knew our pitching wasn't going to be good, but I figured, okay, but you know, we have JD Martinez, we have Xander, we have Devers, we have Benintendi, we have all these guys. We'll be able to, you know, put some runs together so that we might have some games that they actually like win naive little me thinking that that would happen but even um, the offense has for the most part like totally collapsed it it is a very weird world when Kevin Pillar is one of the best hitters on your team and I love Kevin Pillar I think he's great but like let's call a spade a spade here Kevin Pillar should not be one of the best hitters on the Red Sox that's not typical MLB offensive hierarchy you know Mitch Moreland is leading the Red Sox with a 300 batting average. Kevin Pillar is in second with a 296. Like Kevin Pillar and Mitch Moreland, I would die for Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland is the only Red Sox jersey that I have from a current player because my policy is I only buy retired player stuff because I know they're not going to leave us. Like I never bought a Mookie shirt because I had this nagging fear that he would leave. Turned out pretty well for me, not for the Red Sox, but for me. Mitch Moreland and Kevin Pillar should not be first and second in team batting average with J.D. Martinez batting 238 with a 405 slugging percentage. That is backwards. Like, that is upside down. Devers is batting 183. Devers, who was an AL MVP candidate last year and had, like, the most hits and doubles in the, the league at the end of the season. Like, you know you have a problem. That's wrong. There is something very wrong here. So for me to see 
not only Woodward complaining about the Padres handing his team a massive loss last night, but Tingler complaining Mm -hmm. just because his superstar young player handed him a win gift wrapped on a silver platter. I get that your ego is bruised because he didn't take your instruction. And yes, he should have taken your instruction, but that's a private conversation. You are publicly crying because your ego is bruised, even though you still get the win. Yeah, I know, right? Just for me, like, it just makes me, you know, watching my team get its ass handed to itself every single night for the past almost two weeks now. I'm sorry. Like, it just makes me really frustrated because, oh my God, appreciate what you have. Yeah. And this is also a team and organization that has been waiting for a player like this, essentially since, I don't know, you could argue they had, they've had some great players over the years. I mean, Adrian Gonzalez, who you of course have an affinity for, uh, you know, Ken Caminetti, all, all these type of guys, like they've had guys who have been great before, but they haven't had someone like this at such a young age too, really since, I don't know, Gwyn maybe like it's just been so long. And for a team that set the world series, a team that is the only team that is, have a no hitter. They finally have something exciting. I mean, Gabriel, literally every single play, the way he throws to first, it's one of the hardest throwing shortstops to first base in the entire league. That's, that's true for some stats for everybody. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why this has to keep being a thing. I don't know why we can't just go out there and be like, I don't care this, this, this culture war almost. And people want to talk about a fake culture war, right? This is actually yeah, like a fine. contrived version of that. And it's like, these are the same people, a friend of ours that mentioned, like, the same people who are complaining that our generation is participation trophies and whatnot are the same people that I get upset by Tatis being like, well, my team's bullpen is terrible. I'm going to swing out of whatever I want. And by the way, for a sport that seems so keen, so hell-bent on protecting legacy and records, right? Why isn't Tatis allowed to get his own records, right? By the way, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, someone pointed out, this is the same team last year that intentionally dropped a fly ball to try and that way Lance Lynn could get his two tons of strike out of the season. Just so you know, this is the same team that did that last year. So I don't want to hear about that teams don't play for milestones. Of course they do. And that's fine. You know what I mean? I remember. Right. But don't, random... don't moan about it. You exactly. Know, it, it's, you can't have it both ways. You have to exactly. just own it. There's this like need to keep things the way they were. And I, we already mentioned this. I don't want to repeat myself too much, but for a sport that is declining in relevancy, for them to act like the way to be better and be more relevant is to go backwards, what we used to do, is just kind of absurd. And I think that we're going to – I'm really curious to see how this plays out. I'm really curious to see if the Rangers continue this into today's game, which is not far off. It's not a night game. It's at 4 p.m. Eastern time. I'm really curious to see if – I mean, if, if the Rangers start throwing at people, if the umpires have warnings or whatever, like, this is bad. This is a bad look for baseball, and this is a – a bad look for the Padres too. Like I, that's actually, uh, this is, that's my most infuriating part. Jay Singler, like, what are you doing? And also let's not act like I, I said with the bullpen, with the Padres bullpen, no game is ever over. Okay. And heck, if Tatis came out, it's like, he wants to get more home runs and that helps with his bargaining for the future. Why can't he? And also why can't it be for the records? I remember when Aaron Rodgers had like four touchdown passes in the first half in a game a few seasons ago, like maybe four or five years ago, something like that against the Bears. And he was honest and he was like, yeah, I was kind of upset that they took me out. I really want to break that record. Like, why can't we have that in baseball? Why can't we have guys who are genuinely just like, yeah, I want to go out there and get more RBIs because it's fun. But no, if you go out there and say that, you're, you're, you're dead. You're crucified, right? 
you're just uh, disgracing the game. And Johnny Bench, like, you, we're going to send you chin music or whatever. It's like, how about you try to strike it out, Tatis? Look up some of your numbers. Realize that this guy plays hard and that he wants to get more RBIs for himself or whatever. Get more home runs, get more steals, whatever it is. And try and get him out. And by the way, it can go both ways. I've always said, like, if pitchers, if, which they won't because they're all cowards practically, it seems, if they ever have big strikeouts and big innings and you're pumping your chest, great. The batter shouldn't be able to get bad at that. You have to get a hit off of him. That's your job. You know what I mean? We have to stop making it this thing where we're the participation trophy generation that you guys have this code. And really, in my opinion, it's this code that's steeped in a big old, uh, we don't like your culture of not being uh, humble about everything. You don't have to be humble about everything. That's stupid. Go celebrate, go flip your bat and have fun and make baseball more fun for the next generation. A hundred percent. And it's kind of like when the MLB team owners, the Mets this year, when the Mets told the minor leaguers that they wouldn't be allowed to use the renovated clubhouse at the spring training facility after the regular team, like after the big league team went back up to New York. And they said, you know, it's to give the minor leaguers something to work for. And if there isn't, if there has never been anything more emblematic of America where billionaires are telling poor yeah. minor leaguers that they need something to motivate them to work harder. It's like, no, I think, and my friend Ty Kelly, who is a former major leaguer with the Mets and obviously minor leaguer said, you know, I'm pretty sure the, the, the appeal of wanting to be able to feed and clothe yourself is already motivation enough. This whole thing is so ridiculous. And you said Johnny Bench and Johnny Bench actually like commented on this saying, so you take a pitch. Now you're three and one. Then the pitcher comes back with a great set of pitch three and two. Now you're ready to ground out into a double play. Everyone should hit 3-0. and Grand slams are a huge stat, and he tagged Tatis Jr. And, I mean, it's just like a ridiculous thing that we're sitting here and arguing about this. And also, I mean, you talk about, like, Tatis Jr. is one of those stars every team dreams of having. And I know because today is the very tragic anniversary of Red Sox star Tony Conigliaro getting his cheekbone shattered by a pitch during an Angels Red Sox game in 1967. He was 22 years old. He was a Massachusetts kid, grew up, got to play for his favorite team, made his debut fresh out of high school at the age of 19. And his face was totally like demolished by this pitch. It was this very upsetting Sports Illustrated cover photo with this face and, you know, his eyes completely closed and black. He missed over a season of baseball came back. He was really good for about a year or so. And then he started struggling because his eyesight never recovered. And he retired at the age of 26. Then he tried to make a comeback at the age of 30. He couldn't do it. Seven years later, he has a heart attack on the way to the airport. He's in a coma for eight years. And then he died at the age of 45. So to see people complaining about Fernando Tatis Jr., like, There have been so many young stars of the game who have been lost in such tragic ways. Jose Fernandez, Tony C. Yesterday was the 100-year anniversary of Indians player Ray Chapman being the only player in MLB history to die from an injury sustained in a game. He was hit in the head with a pitch during an Indians-Yankees game, and he died the following day. There are so many of these stories where it's like a young player and their life is completely changed and it makes you appreciate how fragile life is. And to have all of us sitting here and arguing over Tatis Jr. hitting a grand slam instead of just appreciating the fact that this guy is so talented and so young and such an incredible ambassador for the game. I'm like, what are we doing here? 
Yeah. I mean, can't we just appreciate the game of baseball? We are dissecting it like a biology class frog instead of just <laughs> saying, oh, my God, this kid is amazing. Appreciate yeah. the fact that we get to watch him. Yeah. It's the only sport that does this, Gabrielle. It's the only sport that yeah. does it. No one's Look. going around dissecting Jason Tatum's three-pointers when he has an epic three to you know, at the yeah. buzzer to win a game you're no like oh my god that. look at this tatum play and then it's retweeted a billion times and millions of people are seeing it and talking about it and appreciating like oh my god tatum hit a three at the buzzer to win the game for the celtics no one does that in baseball instead you're like but it was a 3-0 count not a 3-1 count how dare he swing <laughs> like what instead are we of, talking about oh my god it's a grand slam by one of the biggest names one of the players who should be one of the biggest names in baseball like it's Absolutely. insane to me Absolutely. And I'm hoping, like I said, I hope that nothing happens at the game today, but I'm going to be watching out for that. And I'm going to be seeing like the Rangers better not pull anything. And if they do, I wish I could say that I'd have hope that baseball would do something about it and be like, we're drawing the line now. I mean, I'm, I've been with the opinion that when Hunter Strickland and Bryce Harper fought those years ago, literally just because Bryce Harper has done well against him to the point where even the Giants players, a lot of them didn't even back him up on that. I was of the opinion that Manfred should have gotten in there and been like, I'm drawing the line now. I need to make a point and be like, if pitchers do this, they're just done. Like not, not out of the league, not that, but make a point to be like, you're gone, whatever the number is, right? Like you're gone for like 50 games while Harper's gone for three or four, right? Make a point and be like, nobody's doing this. The Giants, of course, would have complained and they would have been like, why are you singling us out? Too bad. At some point you need to do this. At some point you need to stand up and say, no, get rid of this toxic culture that's part of your game and make a decision. Be bold. Baseball needs for, uh, people to be more bold. The culture of baseball needs to change. And the way that, the only way that's going to happen is if baseball can hang on long enough for the old guard to die out. Because yeah. like, if you look at social media, it's not 25 year olds. It's not people our age who are complaining about Tatis Jr. Yeah. People our age are like, this is awesome. Why are you moaning about it? It's yeah. people who are a generation or two older than us who don't like what they don't understand or they want them to stay the way they've always been. And like, I hate to break it to you, but this isn't your game anymore. Like, I'm sorry, boomers. It just get out. <laughs> it's, it's enough. Yeah. You're not the coveted uh, audience either that baseball is looking at. The 65 year old white dude shouldn't be the person that you're appealing to. It should be everybody else under the age of 18 to 23, I think is the range that every TV demographic is aiming for, right? That's what you should be aiming for. Don't make me feel old. (laughs) Sorry, I forgot. No, I I mean, it's it's such a microcosm of our country that like old people are just ruining it for the future of the country. (laughs) And and they like sit there and they're like, our country is terrible. And like, keep yeah. ruining uh-huh. a wall. Yeah, like, they're unraveling <laughs> they're unraveling their sweater while being like, why is my sweater falling apart? Like tearing apart the threads. Mm-hmm. And and we're all just sitting there and being like, hey, like we need to wear that sweater in the future. And they're yeah. like, oh yeah, we understand that. Like keeps unraveling the threads. Yeah. Um, you know, uh-huh. what are you gonna do to like help <laughs> us in our old age keep unraveling the like an entire sleeve falls off. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. I get I know so, what you're alluding to. It is so <laughs> maddening to me you know and then they're like why can't you guys afford to buy your own homes I'm yep, like, mm, because, I knew this was coming. <laughs> because in 2020 a house doesn't cost 50 dollars and a chicken coop bob okay 
Uh-huh. And now I'm getting mad. So I think we should end <laughs> yeah. it. But yeah, yeah. I was just saying, I knew exactly where you were going. I was like, up, oh, up. Oh. Because you and I, summation, we, we have conversations. We think the same In way. summation, make baseball fun again. <laughs> make baseball fun again. And, and like, not that he needs to be boomers. freed. Not that he needs to be freed, but just like so free, free Fernando. Fernando time. Yeah, free, free Fernando. Fernando. Yeah, free Let him be hashtag free. Hashtag free Fernando, guys. Get it trending. <laughs> um, Javi, this was so much fun as always. Yeah. Javi and I and our friend John from the New York Rangers podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, we did an entire movie bracket, the greatest sports movies of all time. We did it for like two plus months. It was a total labor of love. We watched combined 60 plus movies to do this bracket and had the most incredible conversations and bonded for life. So (laughs) it is always so much fun to get to talk to Javi because... Like, I love you, man. Like, this is like the best part of being on the Lockdown Podcast Network is that you and I became friends and now we just, you know, talk about all kinds of random stuff. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media. You can you can find me at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And you can follow the Twitter page for the Lockdown Padres show, of course, which is at L-O underscore Padres. Really good stuff there. And subscribe to the pod. It's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, and upcoming soon, we recorded a secret uh, episode of this uh, sports movie uh, kind of bracket thing that I still haven't put out yet. <laughs> I forgot to put it out <laughs> yeah. right before we had a chance, but uh, I'm saving it. I'm saving it for the right time. You know, Gabriel, every now and then you got to wait. You know, sometimes you wait for that perfect pitch, some would say. And last night, it was whenever Fernando Tatis felt like it. And last night, it was on a 3-0 count. It was on last night, it was a 3-0 count. Suck it, Woodward. I'm not going to um, reveal yet what that, that episode was because I think it was super <laughs> fun, but uh, look for that soon, guys. And guys, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at GFSTARR1. You can follow Locked on Red Sox at LO underscore Red Sox. Make sure that you are subscribed to both Locked on Padres and Locked on Red Sox. Have a great rest of your day. And as always, go Red Sox and Padres. Peace. <laughs> Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.